2: Becoming a parent is a wonderful, tumultuous, and at times overwhelming experience, but how does it impact your relationship with your partner? In this episode, we reflect on the transition from being a couple to being pregnant and then having a child. We discuss the identity shifts that come with parenthood, the importance of finding time for yourself and as a couple, and how to avoid turning into coworkers running a household together. The panel today is made up of Manel Burkay, Global Head of B2B Marketing at Delivery. And mother to Ryan, nine months. Vic Goodchild, accessory buyer at Oliver Bonus, and mother to Riley, nine months. Helen McDermott, lawyer and mother to Satanta, nine months. You listen to the podcast To Become a Mother, and my name is Caroline Johansson. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Annel. Welcome, Helen. Welcome, Vic. Starting with you, Manel, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about when you met your other half, about that meeting and what it was you you fell in love with.
1: Okay, so I met Tim, my husband, in September 2015. We met uh, a random night at a friend's living party. Uh, It was Thursday night, I think. And I remember we came back home at probably two a.m. But that first time we met, we were just friends. We were both in a relationship at the time, so just kind of like a friend crush on us. You said, "Wow, this, I really like this person." The fun fact: that so on that night, we pretended to be married couple. The very first <laughs> night we met, can't remember even you know how this started, but <laughs> it happened, and we started going out together a year later. And from the very first night, I found him incredibly fun, very charming, interesting and sociable. So I really like this. And yeah, since we uh, met again a year later, then we never really left each other. Oh, that's very nice. And
2: um, how long were you together before you then decided that it's time to start a
1: family? About three years. So he proposed three years ago. And when, you know, we were initially planning a wedding, then COVID kicked off and we decided that we'll put wedding plans on hold. And uh, we knew we wanted anyway to spend the rest of our life together, start a family. So just moved on to the baby phase. Very nice. And how was that new transition
2: into being pregnant? How did that change. I guess you had been in a long-term relationship for quite some time when you became pregnant, but was there a shift or a change in in terms of your relationship?
1: Yeah, I guess. So before COVID, we had um, the busiest time in terms of traveling. And I think we were away almost every second weekend. So we did a lot as a couple and (laughs) had a lot of fun. And the transition was quite brutal in a way that we initially planning the wedding so another big party and and suddenly when we decided that the wedding would not happen we started planning for a baby and at the same time we also bought a house and we did a full renovation um 6 months before giving birth and we actually got, you know got in the flat a week before I gave birth so all the pregnancy was all about making you know a new home for our baby and we Changed completely our lifestyle in that year, but we knew that we always wanted to also keep uh, that life that we had before um, soon as the baby would be a bit older, so essentially now. But yeah, it was really a lot of planning actually and getting things ready during pregnancy. So it became a very, I guess, a practical
2: time to get things sorted. Turning to you, Helen, so can you tell us a little bit about when you met your other half?
3: Yes, we met about five years ago online and I had just moved to London from DC and I didn't really know many people in London. So what else would you be doing but uh, going on some dates? I went on a, a couple, I, I know some days I went on too. like I go for a coffee and then out for a drink in the evening. But um <laughs> it makes me sound terrible. But um I met James um, so we we had we were chatting for a while and then we met um in Soho for cocktails and then we went for dinner and just chatted for ages about so many things. And I really liked him because he was um well I wasn't quite sure. I knew he was int- he was very interesting and very interested. Um, interested in everything like he asked so many questions like really personal questions as well like at the start and I never really had that and I used to be quite I suppose a closed person but you know he just he just really probed and um I found it uh refreshing and um yeah so that was our our first date he was the only person I went on a second date with and I was actually um his first uh online dating experience so he's like any single friends I have James is always like you know I don't understand why people are just you know why people are still single like why can't they just find someone and it's like do you realize that you know it takes a lot of effort you were just lucky or unlucky I don't know maybe he just settled early but yeah so that that was our um dating experience so we yeah stayed together and it's about five years ago um
2: yeah so five years ago and how long time before you then decided to have a baby? Yeah.
3: I was thinking about this today and I don't think we ever really decided. We were dating for about three years and then uh, we got engaged. And similar to what Manal said, um, we were planning the wedding. Wedding looked not to be happening because of COVID. And so I'd never even thought about, we both talked about having kids. It was never something that I really like dreamed about or, you know, ever really thought about. But we did talk about it. And then when we weren't getting married, we just said, maybe we'll start a family. And we didn't really talk about it very much. So it's kind of whenever and it happened, we were very lucky and it happened quite quickly. And I, I don't think we were expecting that. So it was a bit, I remember whenever we got the pregnancy test and I had done a pregnancy test and it was um, like a really very faint line. And I remember just think like we talked about it it was like, no, couldn't be like it just really couldn't be. And then ordering more of them because, again, it was during COVID. So I remember ordering some from Amazon and the one that actually says pregnant, not pregnant, you know, not just a line. And I remember getting up at five a.m. because you're supposed to do it in the morning because that's when the, there's the stronger whatever is in hormone or something that that brings up that line. And um, yeah, and uh, getting at five a.m. and then going into him and being like, yeah, that's it. And I, even with the faint line, I just didn't contemplate we could be. Pre- it was just so surreal. But yeah, that was it. Then we were pregnant, and it was um, yeah.
2: And uh, and how did things change?
3: Um, so like Manel said as well, we did everything together. We would exercise together. You know, we were always trying, we went, we used to surf together. Um, we would always be like looking for new things to do in London or places to go and things like that. So but I suppose COVID changed that anyway. But yeah, so how did things change? While we were pregnant, we had a lovely pregnancy because it was lockdown. So we were both working from home and we like took pictures and found it great, like the belly getting bigger and everything. But the and the baby was due in July. And in June, like Manel, we decided to um, sell the flat because it just occurred to us like maybe it's not such a good idea living up four flights of stairs with no lift. And uh, it was only like we were, what, eight months pregnant and then being like, oh, maybe we should move. Like, maybe we should think about moving. So we sold the flat and then had nowhere to live. We stayed in the flat um, because we were able, thankfully, the people that bought it uh, rented it back to us. But um, we then had to find somewhere to live and um, it was extremely stressful and we're only coming out the other side of that now. So that changed our relationship a lot because we were just quite scared and, um, you know, trying again to plan to like what the right things to do were for this new baby coming and how we were going to manage such a massive project, which took a lot longer than we thought and, you know, become
2: parents. Yeah, I guess it's like the first huge project you're undertaking together. the first first two huge projects. Yeah, two, huge, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the same time. And yeah. Everyone seems to be doing it at the same time. Yeah. And so Vic, can you tell us a little bit about when you met your other half?
4: So I met Jack, my husband, I was trying to think, it's either 11 or 12 years ago in November, so I think it's 12, actually it was on bonfire night um, at a rave in London in a smoking area, (laughs) like the real traditional old school way of meeting, and... I just just remember that night, I was just like having the best night of my life. You know, like sometimes you just have a great night, like, and you're in a really good mood. I was like in that place and I met Jack and he just walked past me and I immediately was like, I like him. (laughs) And I like tapped him on the shoulder, like put my this is such a cringe story, put the lighter in my pocket and was like, can I borrow your lighter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, anyway, gave me the lighter. We chatted, we kissed at some point. So it was all like quite, I feel like in my mind, I'm like, it was love at first sight. But mm-hmm. obviously um, it wasn't, I was saying like, I was like ha- um, dating lots of guys at that time. I even like had a date the next day that I like, ended up cancelling. So yeah. So yeah, um, So we met that evening and then we just kept on parting all night. It was a firework night. And um, yeah, and then we were on the tube and he, just remember he basically got up and gave me a kiss and said goodbye when I was on the tube. And I was like, that's really nice. You know, like not many guys that I know, you know, very chivalrous and like just really sweet. And he even texts me to be like, I hope you got home okay. And that sounds ridiculous. But I think he was like one of the first, people who I genuinely felt like cared and you know there was no game playing he was just he was just like are you okay did you get home all right and I was like yeah and then just didn't it was just dated for a couple of weeks and then that was it really we were just together
2: yeah (laughs) so 11 years and when did you decide to then start a family
4: well, I don't know. I feel like we must have always like known that we both want to start a family because 11 years is a long time. We didn't get married until like two, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, but yeah, we've we just like had so much fun together, like festivals, holidays. Uh, we went traveling together. Like we did all these fun things. Came out from traveling, bought a house. And then we weren't even actually going to like think about having a baby I just think I just oh COVID happened (laughs) and then the same I was like we were like oh we could have a baby and I think I just kind of stopped using contraception but anyway then I ended up getting pregnant but then sadly didn't work out so yeah we had a miscarriage and and that was really sad and I think that both shook us into being like this is something we really want and we before then we weren't even really that sure
2: about it. And so when when you then became pregnant? Yeah, oh, it was a
4: it was a weird one because the f- initial excitement of the first time round, like I literally, I think I had a panic attack the first time round, in a good way. So then the second time round, I actually did a pregnancy test and it was negative. Yes. <laughs> and so I thought, cause basically we were like, oh, we got married and then we were like, this is literally like four months after having the miscarriage. We rushed to get married just before the second lockdown. And then luckily just got pregnant really quickly but the test said negative so I was like oh and then actually it was just so early that it doesn't show up I don't think a lot of people know that as well like it, it takes a while for it to show to show up anyway so yeah so those feelings were kind of hard because you're just so excited you want to be excited but then you can't let yourself get excited
2: yeah I think yeah. a lot of people can relate to that That the anxiety would with being pregnant and the excitement at the same time
4: yeah so it's a weird our pregnancy was strange because you know most people hate being sick and all of that but for me I was like any kind of any feeling sick or you know anything that indicated being pregnant I was just like embracing
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah.
2: (laughs) and how um how did then your relationship with Jack uh, transition when you became pregnant
4: well I was thinking about this I felt like because of what had happened Jack just became such a care like he like cared for me (laughs) you know he was just so sweet and you know constantly like looking after me and um actually thinking it's quite like to admit like I think through pregnancy and even like after the first three months you're still being looked after aren't you and then things change, and you're kind of like, oh, well, I'm not being looked after anymore. Like, yeah. This is a strange feeling. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Can <laughs> so, you guys
3: also relate to that? Yeah, until you get massive, and then you yeah. start getting looked yeah. after again or getting yeah. seats on the train. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, so I think that, that, that bit for me was like, yeah, difficult. But so, yeah, it, being pregnant was, um, was, I really enjoyed it because I was just so happy.
2: And Manel, when you then had, Ryan, uh, and the first time, the first period after that. Um,
1: how did your relationship with uh, with Tim evolve during that period? So I ended up having Ryan with an emergency C-section, so the birth was not really as I had planned. And Tim as well, during the whole pregnancy, he was very caring, and I think with that experience, he was ever more caring and super helpful through essentially i mean the first few months and even after but after the birth i felt a lot of support from him which was uh, which was great and i think what helped a lot as well was the pre birth um, obviously I met a lot of wonderful parents and uh, before birth, and he was very involved in, you know, learning how the birth would be, what to do before, after. And so I felt like he was prepared to deal with any situation. And after the birth and the way we wanted, essentially, to manage everything together, we decided to really split all the responsibilities, but also share, you know, what we would like to do more of or less of. And I think, naturally, we found... You know, the perfect, at the beginning, split. He didn't want to deal with nappies at all. He he just can't deal with it. And I actually loved every single nappy. I was just like, this is the cutest thing. So things like that would be like, you know, okay, that's fine. I don't want to deal with the bean after you can deal with that. And that's just an example of how little things were easily managed because um, we're just kind of, you know, letting the other uh, one uh, deal with it. And um, obviously, a lot of moment was tough, particularly when um, you know the first phase of a lot of caring or so passes, and then it's more like kind of life as usual. And I felt like before he actually really got involved hundred percent into looking after him, I don't think he appreciated how hard it was to look after the after Ryan. Mm-hmm. And particularly as the building works was still going, and he was heavily involved in the building works, managing it. Probably at some point he felt like he was doing a lot for the house or so. And he didn't think that looking after a baby was actually, you know, very like energy consuming as well. And he appreciated it uh, when he actually had to look after him, you know, for a full day or a full night. And I think that was um, the beginning of a better balance as well uh, between us.
2: Helen, how was your experience?
3: Yeah, so we also had a section and I remember like I had I had the um baby bag everything packed. I had like four different kinds of nappy cream, nappies. I, like it was so organized and James wasn't really, I mean that's not his thing. You know, he he wasn't really um Part of all of those preparations, but the one task I gave him, I remember, was to do a playlist. So for the for the birth, because I was very anxious about the section, and it was a planned one, but um, super ang- I'm super anxious. I'm getting anxious thinking about it now. It's just so strange, right? You go in in the taxi, and you know that like within a couple of hours, there's going to be three of you. So yeah, that was his job. I I hadn't, uh, you know, I, I can be a control freak, so I didn't look at the list anything. But when we got in there, and um, it was all very tense, and. I remember he started this playlist and it was like someone else's playlist. So he had just gone onto Spotify and typed in a birth playlist. And I remember- i hope it wasn't mine. Mine was hilarious. No, yours would be better than this. Um, So it was like uh, every song had baby in it, like the the word baby. And it was mostly 80s. And I remember um, I was, because once you're you're numb and uh, I started to panic and I remember saying- I'm not okay turn this. <laughs> stuff off like in a little bit more flowery language so he didn't know what to do and I, my blood pressure went down and they had to like give me something to zoom it back up again but he just played um so we have a song that we had picked that was going to be like our wedding song which wedding that we didn't have so he just played that on repeat throughout the whole procedure which isn't that long anyway but it just well it was quite calming and I to this day I haven't been able to listen to the songs I know I'll get so emotional but anyway so that that was just so that was kind of um, as the baby was coming out. And uh, yeah, so the, um, that was good. Then we got home and um, it, it was a rough period because James had a couple of, you know, the baby came out on a Tuesday. So he had um, the rest of that week off and then um, he was finishing up a project at work, which had ran over and um, they were trying to get it finished. So it, it meant very long hours. So he was working late and not from home for uh, the first maybe eight weeks, which was really hard because the baby was, uh, so the first two weeks are like nice and the baby's quiet. And then um, the baby just woke up and um, had uh, like extreme colic, I think the GP referred to it as he was. So that was really hard because I didn't feel like I had uh, his full support and he couldn't support me like throughout the day. And it was quite difficult and it caused um, a lot of tension between us. I don't mind saying because I've said it to him. But I remember like saying to him um, in the car one day, you know, I, I can't. Do, do this anymore like I, I need you to be back early like I, I understand it's important but I, I just not able anymore because I don't I don't have any family in London so I did feel quite like you know I have this little baby and nobody to share all of that um crying with um so he did make an effort and he came home earlier and uh so that eased it up a little bit but it's just, yeah, it was, it, it was quite difficult and it was quite difficult on our relationship that, yeah, not, not to feel resentment towards somebody who can go away to work during the, the day and then just come back in the evening when it's almost time for the baby to go to bed and, um, you know, deal with those nice parts. So, yeah, the first, the first um, while was very challenging. And I
2: guess, at least for me, I remember thinking when my husband said "It's it's a lot of work for me as well. He used to say when I complained. But in my mind, I was always thinking, but you can leave. You can get up and leave. Mm. I can't. Um, And I feel like that's, for me, that was like a big difference. So I know I can understand how you felt. Vic, what about how was your... I was trying to think. Oh, it feels like so long ago
4: and it was nine months ago, but so much happens, isn't it? I think initially like it I think initially it was good because um, he had took like three weeks off to be with us. I mean, he admits he was, I think he was a bit bored because he was actually just bringing me cups of water mm-hmm. and making dinner and cleaning. So I think he just felt like he was bit being the kind of like, and I was like breastfeeding on the sofa and just just remember sort of just sitting there. So that bit was kind of like nice. He was still looking after me and things. And I, and I think, yeah, like I said, I think when kind of going back to work, when he went back to work and you're like on your own, that's the bit, yeah, where you just feel you feel quite like lonely or just, yeah, everything's all of a sudden quite um, intense. Um, and then and, and things slowly sort of go back to normal. Yeah, they kind of forget what it was like looking after the baby for those three weeks. So as more time went past, I think not like the worst, but the tricky our relationship sort of has gotten. And we're just at a point now where we're like rebuilding our relationship kind of back together to where it was because initially you've got this baby, you're in this like bubble, he's working, you're working, he understands. you're both, you know, it's you're arguing at 3am, like there's all of that going on. And then there's just like a bit of a period where like they kind of go back to their lives, and you're like, oh no, I'm still dealing with with all of this. I think, and then I, for me anyway, like I then kind of got a bit ratty. Like I get a bit like cross. I think I used to take a lot of frustration out on him, like probably really quite unfairly, I guess. <laughs> but at the same time, I think that's the trouble with relationships. And it's like you say, just being with two of you, looking after a baby, is that you know that person does become your sort of go to for like. Mm-hmm crying and moaning and being annoyed even though you're sharing your anger I think there are times obviously we share our I say anger but like frustration because it's frustrating but you also share your love like it's you know not all bad it's a lot it's amazing but I do think there's it's a roller coaster I would say Mm -hmm. (laughs) a roller coaster
0: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well
3: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store
2: or sleepnumber.com. Yeah. And it's something I experienced is that when you have the baby, suddenly the to-do list... Uh, of the family enterprise is just huge. Like there's so much more yeah. to do, so many more tasks, and therefore so many more room for argument. And how to divide that up in an equal way, I think, can sometimes be difficult. And you touched on that earlier, Manel, about, you know, respecting each other's tasks and finding a balance. And you said it happened quite naturally.
1: I think I've been very lucky in a way that he managed to take six months off. So we both had essentially a completely equal part in it and we were together for six months um, looking after the baby. So that helped obviously a lot. And during that time, we managed to travel as well. And so it wasn't the usual, I would say, for six months, but it's something that's becoming, I think... um, Um, like more, um, like that, the the shared parental leave, at least for some companies, is starting to be more common. Um, and I would encourage here any new parents to really look into the policies in their company. And because it's not something obvious. Um, he works in a company that offers two weeks of paternity leave. But if you look at actually the shared parental policy, Then if the woman gives up um, some months of the 12 months allowed, then the father can take this. And that's what we did. So I think this obviously helped. And the fact that, you know, apart the fact I was breastfeeding. So obviously I was waking up more at night or in the morning. But during the day, we could really split that. And we had the ultimate test. When we went to Australia, we were quarantining in a hotel room for two weeks. We could not leave the room. And we essentially split the day. You know, I had the morning, yeah, the afternoon and splitting everything. So it may not work for everyone, but for us, at least it was kind of like a relief when, you know, I had the afternoon. I knew I could do everything for anything for myself and didn't really have to think about, you know, looking after the baby and that now that I'm back to work and, you know, we have the evenings. So it's just, it feels that it was lucky because I, I just can trust, I, I trust him fully. I don't have to think about it. And this was only possible because yeah, he did it. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds really good. And, um,
2: Helen, what about you? Do you have like a tip for how to split up the tasks between you?
3: Um, No. (laughs) So um, just to do it, because otherwise you end up like me. We've never had that conversation about how to um, split up uh, the tasks, unfortunately. I think it was because of the house renovation and because... You have the baby coming and the way the baby was that it um, was just an awful lot and and James finishing that project. So it was just, I think we were kind of in over our heads and still probably are and are trying to muddle our way through it. Um, But... uh, we I mean James is always very good, really brilliant with all the housework and cooking. He's definitely better on all those fronts. But with with the house renovation, I I mean, I, I took on an awful lot of that. Because I was there, you know, I had you're seen even though you're you're managing a baby or looking after a child, you're still the one that's home and that's able to take phone calls. And you're always available to let an architect in or, or you know, let so a lot of that um I think fell on me at the start with the baby. And it's probably why there's so many problems with it that we're now dealing with because you had a <laughs> um, a new mother trying to trying to handle a house renovation, but um, that's fine. So I think um, yeah, we didn't. And then the baby, he was quite difficult at the start, and I was breastfeeding exclusively. He and still am. He wouldn't and doesn't take a bottle. So um, and never liked to sleep. So unfortunately. I could never be away from him. Like, you know, I would express I had a stash of milk in the fridge but, or in the freezer, but um, it's all since been thrown away because he would just not take the bottle. So it meant that James's life could, to a certain extent, resume. You know, he could go out in the evenings and things, and I couldn't. And I suppose sometimes I might get angry about that. However, it wasn't his fault. I mean, that's just what the baby needed. I mean, I have been away from the baby maybe... For more than well, never, more than probably like three and a half hours, I think. And uh, like I remember one evening going out, and um, th- like the baby has to be f- had to be fed to sleep. So nobody should follow my example. I know that that's not good, but that's just the way it is. And I co-slept with the baby as well. So I remember going out one evening it was just for a couple of hours um, for work drinks, and um, coming back, and it was probably like. and James and the baby were up watching Martin Scorsese movie, a black and white and very violent drama, um, you know, because the baby wouldn't go to sleep. And he's like, like, baby likes black and white, you know, because and so he did because that, you know, for sensory um, purposes, they love it. He was just glued to this. But moral of the story is it wasn't necessarily possible for us to divide up the chores considering the needs of the baby at that time so uh but i i definitely think um it's a conversation that should be had before going into parenting like you know what are your deal breakers you know do you need to um you know if you need to go to the gym or the things like that um to work that out beforehand because otherwise you, it just turns into a tumbleweed and you're all wrapped up in it and it's too difficult to untangle
2: i agree even though I think many people will have to reassess their non-negotiables when the baby arrives. And Vic, how do you guys divide the tasks up? So from
4: early on, I think from two weeks, I was lucky enough that he took the bottle because at that point, and I can't believe in my mind those two weeks felt like an eternity. I look back down, I'm like, that was two weeks. So he took the bottle so Jack would take him in the evening so I could go to bed early. And like that for me was like the best relief, like just to have those moments that early to bed, like to bed, even though we we're going to be woken up at 12. But so I think, and I like my sleep. So that was, yeah, that was great that he could do that. But I think like the general jobs, like we didn't change too much. Like he still takes out the bins and I still like tidy up. Like I'm lucky like Jack's very, you know, he cleans and cook, like he's a very good husband in that respect. Like I don't have to ask him. He just was brought up well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think my lucky stars but i think definitely the sharing of the feeding and i do think a lot of my friends would say that their husbands maybe took the take the baby and they have a bit more time to themselves and i would love to do that but i actually really enjoy spending time as a family like there's so been so many times i'm like right i'm gonna go downstairs and do my own thing and i just end up hovering around <laughs> because I'm like, well, not probably a control freak thing, but not, but just wanting to be there. So I don't think like give yourself a hard time if you do end up sort of doing that because it's still nice to kind of be spending those time, that time together.
2: hundred percent. I can definitely <laughs> relate to that. Yeah, yeah. And also when you go through this period as a parent or this journey in terms of becoming a parent, your partner will inevitably see you at quite vulnerable moments i remember when i came home from hospital i had a c-section i was bleeding and i had to ask my husband to change my pads and i was thinking you know god that's such a act of love what he's doing but at the same time will they ever look at me the same way after seeing this and so there was a question in my mind as to whether going through all of this can bring you too close what
1: are your thoughts about that manel I think so the fact that we can you know get pregnant have a baby our whole body changes and it's a huge thing obviously on the woman and I think what comes with it as well is like some stuff that we don't really appreciate about you know things that we'll be doing or so and I will openly share that but for me it was particularly after the c-section a lot of wind so it's something that's my husband is completely you know disgusted about and I am as well but it's, you can't really help it. it there's a lot of you know air in your in your stomach and that I mean for me it was like oh my god like we you know sharing that m- I don't know moment on the sofa so and I just doesn't even, I don't even notice myself yeah. so I'm just like how you know this and it lasted for, for you know a few weeks and I think the fact that you know I was pregnant holding our baby um all of that was still in his mind, probably like in a separate case or like just it was pregnancy It was just the way it is. And I think he was just, you know, going along with it um, and any essentially thing that could happen because of the baby, the pregnancy, like, for example, for you changing your pads or so, I feel like it's just part of this whole thing. And I kept telling him, you know, it's just not me, you know, I would not do this kind of things usually. But it's just that, you know, you have to be part of it and and be accepting and, you know, be open about all, all of that because, you know, it, I don't like it myself and we just have to go on with it. So I think it was, yeah, asking as well on my side for him to be very open, um, accepting, to be patient and to know that at some point things will go back to normal. And I think it's important to remind them as well that we are the ones who have everything changing. We have to deal with it. We have Um, And they just have to accept and, you know, be patient. So not always easy, obviously, but I think with time, you know, we tend to forget anyway, all these kind of things that are not specifically pleasant. But yeah, we have this kind of thing. The women obviously forget about like the pain and all that. I don't know if men forget about this. but slick and they (laughs) do. Yeah, they probably do. Yeah.
3: Helen. And being a very vulnerable um, a number of times and uh, things happening that I didn't, I would have preferred James not to be in the room for. So even before the, so even the section, I so James loves photography and uh, loves videography so in our birth plan it was um you know my partner will be holding um a camera and wants to film and take photos of this whole thing so he they're like seeing it afterwards i mean there's there's some photos of um my innards and everything um so that and even being on the table and i remember the woman saying are you okay for us to i don't they put something up your butt um you know while you're Uh, I think it's for pain or something and I just remember thinking oh my god like I can't feel anything you know and he's standing there beside the bed and all of this is going on Um, and uh, yeah you just feel so vulnerable like with no clothes on and just this sheet and oh man but um, I mean James would think this is wonderful like he thought you know it was the best experience of his life and um, he wouldn't bat an eyelid at it so um, thankfully he um, doesn't get ewied out whatsoever but even yet after the procedure I I didn't appreciate you know there would so much blood either and I remember standing up you know they said you know you should get up and walk around now and there was like pads on the bed underneath me and they just like you know fell off and I just I hadn't realized you know I got quite a fright and James was obviously there with me but yeah I mean he's been fine really supportive like we laugh about like one of my boobs being bigger than the other still and um the way that the (laughs) <laughs> looking up like the, the way that, that happened
4: to me too. Yeah, don't worry.
3: And um, <laughs> the way that they they spray, like he's been sprayed with milk before, and yeah. So I mean, did it? Uh, has it definitely made makes me feel less attractive because your body is like that you know you're walking around with sore boobs and swollen boobs and uh, you know really comfy baggy clothes and and um, like you have night sweats at the start and you just feel sticky and everything I remember having to get James to um so my my c-section the scar um one side of it um they obviously needed to open it a little bit more and like t- tore a little bit and it um it got like um a little bit we didn't get infected but it was seeping a wee bit and we had to um I couldn't bring myself to to look at it so I had to get James to take photos of it you know to send to the midwife and to put sterile strips on it and things like that so um and check in on it every once in a while so yeah I think that brought us um a lot closer not Intimately, but um just us appreciating each other and me appreciating him for being very patient and supportive and him appreciating me for the damage our relationship has done to my body.
2: I think you're raising a really good point about the way they look at you and you might be really close, but it's not intimate necessarily. And I find myself during my time to leave that just finding time or just getting into the headspace of romance with your partner even though you're really close can be quite difficult when you are like in your leggings and dirty top and Mm. breastfeeding and whatever how do you guys feel about that Vic?
4: I'd say the romance went firmly out of the window for quite a long time because in my mind I was like I've got no time for romance like um there's too much going on and yeah like I say it's only really like now things are starting to get back together but I do think that it's that, I think, because when you first have the baby, you're going to bed in the dark, you're creeping in because you don't want to wake the baby up. So there's no time to like pillow talk. Yeah, you're those times that I think emotionally, you need to connect before you can physically reconnect. And for a long time, for me, I kind of felt like, and Jack probably agree, like, you don't get the emotional part together. Obviously, you're going through this experience together, and that's bringing you closer. But the chat like the talking and things like that and just the touching and yeah and your your everything is going to the baby and so them as well so i think for a while that kind of does go out the window but i think like we went on a date like about maybe four months after he was born and um, i definitely didn't feel myself on that day at all I'd, i was wearing like a dress that i just now look back and thought oh my god i can't worry and that was wearing that because it was way too short and it hardly fit me <laughs> in my mind I was like I'm gonna wear it. I tried like three dresses on and Jack's like you look great in all of them he told me one of them I looked frumpy in, but yeah so like going on dates I think has helped and now we just sit on the sofa and like we're starting to cuddle again more and you know starting and when you're when the baby goes in their own room you start talking again you go back to get back to bed together again and that brings you closer again I think it's a journey back to to the romance. Yeah, just talking more, I think, is is key. And again, we had a nice holiday. I think that really helps, like, bringing you back together, you know, see each other na- half-naked again in a bikini, and, like, you get, like, it all comes back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but Manel, you guys were on holiday, so I guess it's, romance might have been more about around the corner than if you'd been in London.
1: Yeah, so we traveled to Thailand for a month and then Australia for two months. And that was, it started when the baby was uh, three months old. So it's true that this definitely um brought us back much closer, maybe faster. Mm-hmm. We also went to Australia to see his parents and they were, you know, pushing us to go even away for a week so they could have the baby. And it's true that very quickly then we could, uh, you know, do things together again and have a moment just the two of us and it's really helped us you know connect again as a couple uh, not just as parents and yeah that w- that was very i guess helpful talking about holiday and being together i think uh, something to note is obviously you go away with three months old you think that you could go back to your old holidays and still go out when we were a month by ourselves with a baby in thailand um do things, but actually the reality is that you can never go to the beach together because one of the parents have to be with the baby. Any location, so in Thailand, we're just looking at locations close to an airport, a hospital. So it's not like you know what you imagine of going into like a remote island for for months. And then everything has to be practical, you know, at that point, at around four months old, I stopped breastfeeding, so in Thailand, the tap water is not drinkable, so you have to really organize about how, okay, I have to boil the water. So every single feed was actually a challenge, and in terms of splitting the task, I was maybe feeding the baby, but Tim was cleaning all the bottles and doing all of that, so that was also part of the way to kind of make it be more enjoyable. (laughs) But um, yeah, I agree. I think at some point, just um, even when now with the the baby, just communicating, spending a bit of time together when we can definitely helps to, you know, um, trying to get that romance back. Good.
2: So just to wrap up, because we're coming to an end, it would be really nice if you could just give a tip to all expectant women out there, or maybe women who are thinking about having a baby, something they should know before they go into it about how it might change your relationship.
3: I can just start by saying that I don't feel qualified (laughs) to answer that. So I'm looking forward to your tips. But I do think it's important not to compare yourself. You know, everybody's relationship is different. And I know from being, um, you know, friends with other mothers and things, and people talk about their births, and they talk about even their mental health and things like that. And we can talk about these things and relate. But we don't really talk about our relationships that much. And I think that you can never just assume... You know that everyone's getting on better than than you are, and uh, yeah, just try not to compare because if you do, you might be very blue.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say my tip would definitely be honesty. Um, you know about how you're feeling. And I think going going into pregnancy, yeah, you kind of got to be honest with your husband about how that. Is affecting you that's one thing and then even afterwards like I had quite bad anxiety and I think had I have not been like honest with Jack and you know even recently like said to him oh, I'm feeling this way it's not about you you know like I might have reacted in a certain way but I just want you to know it's like not about you it's about this what's happening for me and so rather than him getting cross with me or like starting an argument like he can kind of understand why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling rather than getting angry so yeah I think just talking about things and being honest is definitely the way to go because it's not like before you had the baby where you could just I don't know like sweep it over your shoulder carry on go and have a nice dinner you know you can't put things in a box and you've got a baby I would say you need to talk about them.
1: Yeah I think um yeah joining all of of your points. And I also think really trusting the dad and the dad trusting the mother because I think even if you're connected and all of that, we will always do things potentially differently and accepting that it's not always your own way, that there are different ways and to be fully, you know, trusting and saying, okay, you do it this way, I'm sure it's good enough And, and not trying to kind of really control everything because I feel like obviously both parents will read a lot about things and they may have different views, but just accepting. And I think maybe sharing a tip I got actually when we got married from a friend, so I think it also applies to parenthood, is that from the moment the baby is born, you're in this together and you either win or lose together. So it's kind of like communicating and finding, you know, a way out together. And otherwise, it's just, you know, a nightmare anyway to, to deal with. So yeah, I've said communication as well is really important and with those very wise words we're coming
2: to an end with this podcast Uh, thank you all very much it's been such a nice discussion Um, I've learned a lot and recognized a lot so thank you very much for sharing